through. Bingo! You are now listening to the facts. Welcome back to Straight Facts, sports show that educates and entertains. I'm Jules Schmitz, accompanied by James Jackson to my left. And today we have Stat Matt to my left as well, mm-hmm. filling in for Jake. This past week in sports, the Houston Astros were caught electronically stealing signs during their 2017 championship season. You just low, hate to see it. Low key, they should get their title stripped. It's like that. It's, no, it's like no, that. They won in seven games against the Yankees, winning every single home game and losing all the road games. And then the infamous game five against the Dodgers, any little thing goes the other way, Dodgers win. I think it's funny that this year Verlander came out and said the MLB needs to crack down on stealing signs. It's your own team, I think buddy. it's funny that Beltron said, uh, we stole signs, but it wasn't illegal the way we did it. Mm. <laughs> Evansville beat number one ranked Kentucky 67 to 64, ending Kentucky's 52 game home win streak against unranked teams. I mean, that's sad to see. Kentucky also lost really early last year to not an unranked team, but a really low seeded team, ended up making a deep tournament run. Got to be happy for those Evansville kids having bragging, something to brag about the rest of their lives. For real. The German national soccer team announced they will no longer play in countries where women aren't allowed to enter soccer stadiums. What, like what? We're in 2019. What countries don't allow women to enter soccer stadiums? Like it's, what is why that? Why doesn't everyone have this rule? Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't think you need to have it. The NCAA suspends number one recruit James Wiseman due to collusion case with head coach Penny Hardaway. Low key, don't disagree with this because if I'm paying uh, my players family to be housed in like my state like th- that should that shouldn't be allowed but penny should also be suspended for it's not just james wiseman that's he just wasn't my... he wasn't the coach of memphis at the time uh, is the argument. but he was the one who recruited i see both james sides w- of the argument he was the one who recruited james wiseman like penny was the one who got, he also him, in got him to play for the high school team too like uh, it's penny's fault Zlatan Ibrahimovic has officially left the LA Galaxy. I mean, it was short, but damn, was that fun for, what was it, four years he was in the MLS? That first goal, everyone will remember. Like, that's crazy. Here's a fact straight at you. Alabama is ranked second in SP+. SP+, is a play-by-play rating system that determines who is the best at the four factors of college football. Efficiency, explosiveness, field position, and finishing drives. Should Alabama be in the top four? No, after <laughs> it's funny. It's funny after all of that. No, uh, and and here's the reason why: because they have a loss, and they have a loss this late in the season. Georgia, you know, does have the benefit they of having beaten one anybody of those. either. They haven't beaten anybody. I mean, you you look at the four teams who are in the top four. They've all played a much tougher schedule. Say what you want about Georgia, they still had to beat Notre Dame this year. Like and beat Florida, like a, a much much tougher schedule and people have to get off Clemson's case which I know you probably really agree with over here but you can't punish Clemson just because they're beating who's in front of them like but have, they only beat UNC by one they won they won they're, like they're, they won. they're undefeated they they have yet to lose they won in their the last country. like five games by 40 plus points okay so you can't you can't just because like it, you're not punishing other teams because they're not Clemson you're just you're not punishing Clemson for not losing they have also, to be in the you should get benefit of the doubt if you beat Bama 44 to 16 and it's like mostly the same team people returning. are like you they can't still ride you know their their national championship yeah you can like they have a loss since Alabama it. didn't get in in 2017 based on name recognition right Wisconsin on. had a better record than them they went they were 
they're 12-0 and then lost the Big Ten title game, had better wins, and Alabama got in because they're Alabama. Right. I'm a big proponent of it should be most deserving, not the four best. Absolutely. Um, Selection Committee Chair Rob Mullins actually explained why they ended up um, banging Alabama down to number five. He quote-unquote said, We are aware of the South Carolina loss for Georgia and that Alabama's loss was to a team that is ranked number one. That is clearly on the board when we were comparing them, but we are also looking at Georgia's wins against top 20 teams in Florida and Notre Dame. And right from the horse's mouth. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't you can't undispute that. And if you're Alabama, you're in the same position that Clemson was last week where you pretty much still control your destiny sitting at number five. It's I mean, iffy. I, I mean, if you win, you pretty much, it, it is a little iffy. A Pac-12 champ could jump them, depending on... It, they, um, and right, because they can't and, make because they can't and, make the SEC title yeah, game and now. Minnesota and a Baylor if they went out would jump them. Also, I I still believe that uh yeah Penn State, Oregon, and Alabama also have a chance to make the playoff, especially Penn State because if you look at their their schedule to end the season, they still have to play Ohio State and probably will have to play Minnesota again if they beat Ohio State to go to the Big Ten championship game. That might be the toughest road of any team to get into the playoff, but it presents the most opportunity because you're going to go beat Ohio State, then you'll have, one, beating the number one-ranked team in the country or number two-ranked team in the country. Two, you'll own the tiebreaker against them to go to the Big Ten championship game, and then you get that redemption game against probably what still should be an unranked Minnesota team sitting in the top ten to beat them in the Big Ten championship game. If all that happens, how do you not put the Nittany Lions in the top four? That goes down as one of the most four-deserving, in my opinion. Yeah, and Minnesota is a similar thing. They have Iowa ranked, Wisconsin ranked, and then they'd have the Big Ten title game against either Ohio State or Penn State. That, I mean, that's that's just rough. I mean, And Baylor might have to play Oklahoma twice if they do that because yeah. the way the Big 12 title works, it's just the top is two there teams. A, is there a way that Oklahoma could sneak in? They need a loss from Clemson, which is not going to happen. Which is probably not going to happen. Wake is... Like probably top thirty team, and Clemson's gonna be like. 20 Wake was where Wake Wake was top twenty five. What like two weeks ago, and they got yeah. and they got bounced out, and they're they're not anymore. Like I mean, it's funny that I sit here and defend Clemson, but I do understand. I understand why people have gripes. I'm fine with them being three. I, I I think they're gonna win the title still, but I don't. I get why they're three. LSU. Why you think, whoa, whoa! You think they're gonna win the title still? They won this out of last year. Overall, the, and and don't look that same strength of a team. Trevor Lawrence does not look like Trevor the same Lawrence terms. has been playing bad. I know it's against nobodies, but he was also struggling against nobodies. They're going to kick it in high gear. They're a championship team. They know how to win. All the cliches, but the, it's true. Right. Completely disregarding Bama at this point. Like I feel like there's still a ton of football. To I hate re, I hate rematches. If they have to play LSU again, it's unfair to LSU. Well, how you beat them at? How are they going to play LSU? They're not going to play if they, LSU. If they're the number four and LSU wins out. Right, right. If they, if they go in. I'm still thinking Georgia would season. lose in that scenario. Yeah, and then it's whether you put Oregon but, slash Utah in versus but that's, Bama. But that's my, at this point, at this point, I don't see Bama making making the playoff because they can't play LSU again unless they get to the playoff. Well, Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson all would have to win out for that four spot to be open, correct? Yeah. Is that right? They, I mean... Yes, and then you know whoever's in that in that fourth spot, Georgia. So say Georgia loses to LSU in in the SEC title game, right. but I don't think that means Bama. That means Bama gets in. It's, I think I think Oregon gets in. It's either the winner of the Pac-12 or Penn State if Penn State wins the Big Ten. Now, well, then Ohio um, State jumps up though. Right, and Ohio, that's true, which opens up another slot. That, I mean, that's I would just hate to be the on most, the committee. The it's most chaotic year. scenario is if 
Georgia beats LSU in the SEC title game, then it closes up a spot because then you have to put All right, let's, Georgia and LSU in. Mm -hmm. Let's go. I love doing this. Let's go into fantasy land. Let's go into fantasy land, and we'll say Penn, uh, Penn State beats Ohio State in the Big Ten champion or at the end of the season. Um, they go 12-1. and one. They, they, they go 12-1, and one, and Penn State knocks Ohio State out. LSU beats Georgia in the SEC title game. So now we have two vacant slots in the top four. Who do they go to? It goes to Penn State gets in because that's impressive. That's impressive. And then it's either the, Oregon slash Utah, the winner of that game, I or I don't Bama. want the winner of the Pac. I just don't like the Pac-12. Like because the games end at 1 a.m. You know what? Like, I guess. But, like, <laughs> uh, but I, I get, it is past my bedtime. We talked about this. I'd I be tucked in now. Like I'd be, I be tucked in early. But it, it's really nothing tangible I can point to the Pac-12. They just look like they play inferior football to me. Like, they, they just do. Maybe it is because they're on the Pacific North, Northwest, and it's so, so late that I'm brain dead. I if the Big Ten them. getting smacked in these playoff games has any, like... Does that have any indication? Because they won, obviously, Ohio State won 2014. Then 2015, Michigan State lost 38 nothing. 2016, Ohio State lost 31 nothing. And since then, Ohio State didn't make it 2017, and Ohio State didn't make it last year. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just so many different scenarios that can, that can play out. Um, and then another scenario that's going to play out very, very deep is we have to update this Heisman race. Um, because, I mean, I think there's a clear-cut favorite right now and Joe Burrow from LSU, and just like Bama got dropped out of the top five, I think we, we probably have to drop Tua out of the Heisman race now after that loss. He, and he's Hollywood. out of the Heisman race, but he had a valiant effort on a bum ankle. Of course, of course. 400 yards, four touchdowns. And this is not... This is not one the, bad pick. This a bad pick, and, and the, the phantom fumble, the weird yeah. slipping out of his hands, that, that was weird. Um, and it's not... Right, it's not anything against Tua, but, I mean, you have... Players who have near flawless seasons, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields. Like, I mean, you get, you even want to throw Chase Young in there. I was going to say, I, as an alternative, I'd throw him in there. Why, why, would you, why, why would you put Chase Young in there? I mean, he was at 20-1 and one odds and rising like a stiff arm rocket before he got – because he, he had that controversy, right, with yeah. the whole – I, that still turns me the wrong way. It's one of those things like, who really cares? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's like unrelated to. Shortened. Yeah, he got it shortened. But why was it even a thing in the? First I don't know. Place? It was a. Don't... It was a personal loan before he got to Ohio State. He paid it back. It's fine. No one's like. To me, it's I'm telling you and say like mind your mind your damn business. Like Ohio it has nothing State to do with had you. a whole season vacated. The year they won the Sugar Bowl because they got free tattoos. The NCAA is wild. Like, not your damn business. <laughs> my fault to cut you off, Joe. Go ahead. No, I mean, I was going to obviously say Joe Burrow coming in number one as my pick with completing 80% of his 39 passes for 393 yards, um, three touchdowns and no interceptions versus Bama. That's the clear-cut one. Looking um, like Carson Wentz out there. Oh, God. Please, God. No, I That's thought, a whole nother Okay, story. I could go Tony Romo, too, the way he, like, shrugged, shrugged off tacklers and threw it deep. That's true. Except he won a big game. <laughs> had to get a little jab at Tony in there. I actually think Romo's like, whatever. Um, yeah, and the Burrow not only jumped to in the Heisman race for good, he might have jumped him in the draft, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because as a Bucks fan, I was going this year, and I've wanted, like, nine different quarterbacks out of this draft. At first, I wanted two to start the season. Then when Jalen Hurts started, you know, jumping out to the 
crazy start he did. I wanted Jalen Hurts. Now at the end of the season, I want Joe Burrow. And it's just the the, the toughness that this kid plays with. And he's shown the, the whole arsenal in the array. It's not good that I'm jumping from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback because it shows that I just want somebody. You're like, desperate. Yeah, I'm so desperate. I think I like, wanted Chase Young because he's not a quarterback, too. That's mm-hmm. just... just uh, defender Chase Young, Chase is never going to win the Heisman because Indominus Su got job ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just I mean, look, look at how college football is played. You win forty-five to forty. Like it's not, it's not defensive predicated at all. And Chase Young really only exploded onto the scene probably two weeks ago when all these other Heisman candidates we've known before the season started, including Joe Burrow. I mean, I think he had, what, his his seventh 300-yard passing game. That's the most of any LSU quarterback for a single season. Um, I mean, he's just... He's, he's doing great things, and he's just, you know, commanding to go into to Tuscaloosa and win in Alabama like that is not easy for, for anybody to do. And, you know, it was number two versus number three. Like, there was no clear-cut favorites. Not like LSU was, you know, really slated to win this game. I mean, going into Alabama and, and beating Nick Saban on his home turf, I mean, that, you, might, you might get the Heisman just because of that. Like, it's really crazy. I don't see Young playing. I think they're playing Rutgers this weekend. I don't see him playing that game. I know his situation's still up in the air. But I, I think they are going to need him back when they're playing Penn State. He's going to be back for Penn yeah. State. He's going to be back yeah. for Penn State. That's, that's going to be in it. Which makes Penn State's road eat, like, just much more immensely tougher. That's in the horseshoe? That's at Ohio State? Yes. Oh, God, good luck to my Nittany Lions, man. Just absolutely good luck to my Nittany Lions. All right, let's transition over from college ball to some pros here. After Monday's win against the 49ers, Russell Wilson is now 6-0 and in his career in regular season games against teams that are eight or more games above 500. Did the Seahawks cement themselves alongside of the 49ers and Saints as the top contenders in the NFC? I think they're above the Saints. Like I think they're. I, think, I don't know. I, I think they're above the Saints. I think it Saints had 40. an ugly loss, but it's a division game. It's funky. no. C- come on, the one in seven Falcons. You're gonna sit here and defend them against the bummy. They one still have Falcons. a talented roster. It hasn't mattered for seven games. The thing seven with the Seahawks is their defense is. V- it's not a w- playoff winning defense. No, but you have a play. You have a Super Bowl winning offense, and I think it's y- your defense. It's not like both of them have to be. The cream of the crop. I mean, you have a defense that supports your offense or even offense that supports your defense. The Seahawks have the first one, a defense that supports their offense. I just want to say, if Robbie Gold is healthy, the 49ers win that game. After right. that win, they went from a wild card team to the NFC West favorite with a good chance to earn number one seed. And let me tell you, the list and only three times the Seahawks had the number one seed, they ended up advancing to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Every single Super Bowl, every single team that's made the Super Bowl starting with 2013 has had a buy and that's how important that buy is yeah i mean it's the getting that first week off and then having to play a team and and a wild card game is ugly like a wild card game is ugly it beats you up and then having to go play the number one seed after mm-hmm. you like get through that ugliness is is never good especially in their territory and no one wants to play in seattle no one wants to play in the 12th man and this stat that you read off jewel russell wilson being six and oh and his career in regular season games against eight teams that are eight or more games above 500 to me that means russell wilson wins the biggest games like he he wins against the best teams and one, one thing pete carroll said that really like stuck out to me this year about russ and it's why i think he, he should win mvp at the end of the season is someone asked Pete Carroll, what's the best thing about Russell Wilson? What's what's the best thing about him being your quarterback? He just said, like, the dude always believes. Like, he, there's never a scenario Russell Wilson doesn't think we can win the football game. And, like, it's one thing to say it, 
but Russ truly sits there and believes they were down, what, 17 points with three minutes to go a couple years ago against the Packers and won the freaking game. And he was awful until the yeah, last until three minutes that. of that game. And he was, and like Pete Carroll said, he went back to that huddle, back to that sideline and was like, I don't want to see a head down right now. We can still win this football game. And they went and freaking won it. Like I love Russell so Wilson. He is my MVP pick. Yeah, absolutely. But the Seahawks are two kicks away from being six and four. Zerline barely missed that kick in on that Thursday night game earlier what's, in the what's season. What's football, man? It's a game of inches. I know, like, it's a, I know it but happens. I'm just saying they, they're they're eight and two, but they feel more, I wouldn't say six and four, they feel more like seven, they seem like an 11 and five team. Well, well I view the 49ers as like 13 and three, Saints is like 12 and four. They better watch out because they got the, some tough games ahead of them, all night games, by the way, between the Eagles, the Vikings, the Rams. They actually moved that Eagles game to one o'clock. They did move that, they flexed well, okay, it. okay, so yeah. scratch that. Uh -huh. Pete Carroll is also 28, five and one in primetime games with the Seahawks. So, I mean, that's it's looking good. Um, why did they move it? I did not know that. They moved it because they the Packers, game the Packers 49ers game. That is more important. I'm legitimately I'm okay happy about that. that because there's a long history of teams coming west to east playing at one o'clock that don't do well. Helps my here Eagles you, out. Here, here you go. Here you go. I mean, you can hang, you can hang on any analytics We've that you want. We've also never beat Russell Wilson. That's something that's more important than that one o'clock. That is that is more important. <laughs> that is more important than one o'clock. Um, but I mean, what what we saw this past Monday night, I mean, that could be the not obviously not the last time these two teams play have to play again. But that could be an NFC Championship preview that we that we just saw. And I mean, it even speaks to what I just said, like Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. They just know how to win those big games. And they didn't even really utilize Josh Gordon. And I think he can really be an added dimension to what's already like a scary, explosive team. Russell Wilson is using used to having to do this with not the best receiving core in the world. And we blinked. And now all of a sudden he has Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, who exploded last week and had a solid game again against the 49ers. He's and so good. And now, so many teams underestimated him. And now Josh Gordon. Like, now you gave Russell Wilson weapons? Like... How dare y'all? How dare how dare 25 teams pass up on Josh Gordon? It's incredible how that. fast the Rams became a footnote. Mm -hmm. Like like they they it's so hard for them to make the playoffs because of their division and the fact that the <laughs> NFC East is going to get a team. Well, NFC speaking West of their competitors, so let's let's touch on the Niners a little bit. Everything that could have gone wrong, I think seemed to have gone wrong in that mm -hmm. game between injuries, drops, you name it. Um this loss has really big consequences just because they do have a tough road ahead of them. A lot, um, a lot of good quarterbacks. They can't, they can't afford any more slips like this in the NFC that they're competing in. And no it's funny because we're talking about a team who just had their first loss of the season having no margin for error. How'd that sound? Like, that's like, that. that is insane if you're the 49ers, but I think you're exactly right, Jewel. Um, but there is something to be said of losing and losing that game. You know what I mean? If I'm going to have one loss in the season, that loss I may not be so upset from. Like, we're right there. We're right there. And we lost to the, we lost to we didn't lose to the Colts. We didn't lose to the Chargers. We didn't lose, you know what I mean? We didn't lose to the We didn't get Cardinals. blown out like we didn't the get Patriots blown did. out. No, it was our first really huge big test of the season. I mean, the Rams before that were kind of their test, but I mean, we know who the Rams are they now. Had like four injuries, too. Yeah. Something ridiculous. And it, and it was, that game got wild. That game got chaotic at one point. I mean, we have 
we have turnover and then a turnover again, and we're like, oh, it looks like the 49ers are gonna are gonna miss field goal. Go away. Then with it. like they looks like oh, it's gonna be a tie. Yeah, which would have been really fun. That overtime, I was baffled by how that overtime played out. Like once <laughs> once Russ threw that interception, I'm like, oh, here we go. 49ers got it, and somehow the Seahawks get the ball back and go down and kick a field it goal. It was a lot game. of back and forth, but they now only have a one game lead on the conference against the the Saints, the Packers, the Seahawks, uh, all of the three teams they still have to face, and two of them being on the road mm. i mean the nfc is just it's so tough that they have to go to seattle that's rough but i think they'll be motivated enough that they will win that game yeah because like we should have won sherman knows how to play in seattle he can tell mm-hmm. them about wh- how to deal with the crowd noise they have enough veteran presence so they and, have, and that I, they can win I think even the, though the team itself hasn't experienced it as a team, I, I have confidence in the. No, but there's team. veterans all up and down that defense. Sucks that I mean my guy Quan Alexander is going to be out for the season now. That that really does I I think really hurt their defense. But there's still a lot of a lot of veteran presence, and I think a place that really helps them. They're very deep on the defensive line, like very deep on the defensive line. That's going to help them. Um, they got defensive rookie in the year and Nick Bosa. And Nick Bosa. I mean, they might get defensive player of the year too <laughs> as well, which is insane. Um, that was not the only quote-unquote marquee game in the NFC this weekend. Um, the other primetime game, the Sunday night game. The A-plus teams were Monday. The B-plus teams, B-plus teams were, were Sunday were, night. First of all, no, that's still that's still my hottest team in the league over there in the Minnesota Vikings beating the Dallas Cowboys. That was a good game. This was a very good game. That was a good game. And, and I think a lot of the Dak haters, even though they the Cowboys I'm lost that game. I'm not a Dak hater. That's a Dak. lie. I'm not a Dak. Jake He's is a Dak hater. Y'all both are Dak haters. Everyone who wears that midnight green is a Dak hater. I, I dislike Dak because he's a cowboy, but Dak is a good quarterback. He deserves a big contract. He's pretty, absolutely pretty. He's been a le- legitimately a top five quarterback this year if you look at all the numbers. I agree. Sets. I agree. He's he deserves incredible. a contract. That if they were, if they had a better coach, you'd probably be an MVP candidate right now. I don't think. I think that win not only shook up the NFC, just because uh, you know they are in competition with everybody else in the division. But I think their psyche got hot after that game because it was a road game too. Yeah. So now they're like on the ball. They're like, all right, let's do this. That's like, a tough environment. I would say that. But last year they went into Philadelphia and beat the defending Super Bowl champs, and they still crapped the bed at the end to miss the playoffs. That's not the same team. This I think this team's motivated based on how they lost to a Bears team that was playing their backups in Week 17 and missed mm. the playoffs. And Cousins is determined to get over his midseason, low midseason. His, his, his view, people view him as like a joke when he's like legitimately like a good quarterback. Not great, but he's good. He's on the Stafford tier. How about that uh, Cousins throw to Rudolph in the first with great that one-handed catch? Rudolph. That great was amazing. The best thing that happened was the gloves. The new gloves have made so many great highlights. Thank you for whoever invented them. And the Cowboys, they're good enough. They have a tougher schedule than the Eagles for the NFC East coming up. After Eagles play two really tough games, and then they have a really easy schedule. It's going to come down to that Week 16 game in Philadelphia is what right. it looks like. And I think what, what we really saw about that Cowboys team is that offense goes as Zeke goes. If Zeke is not really on his best game or having like a definitive Ezekiel Elliott game, that can't 
will that offense to go down the field and win. I mean, him and Amari Cooper had one of the best, if not the best, Dak and Amari Cooper games. Randall Cobb had a great game. Had a great that all the rest of the offense had Gallup a great game. Had a great game, and they still couldn't get over. They, I mean, they only put up what 24, 26, 24, something. Twenty four. Like it's twenty eight, twenty four. Yeah, so they only was... put up twenty four points with the rest of their offense besides Zeke. They had a slow a start game. too. There was a point in time, uh, I think it was close to the 40 mark, uh, 40 second mark in the fourth quarter. They were at the fourth and fifth of the Minnesota 14. Dak attempted to throw to Zeke at flat, and mm-hmm. he completely just got com- bombarded. And I think they were picking up on that the that entire was like game. That was a great play by Eric Hendricks. Yeah. Uh, I'll give that's that wasn't a bad play by Dak. wasn't a bad play call by Garrett. It was a great play by Kendricks. Mm-hmm. And it just it shows that the Vikings have turned around their like they're back to like the we made the nfc title game like two years ago like we're and, we, and we should we be have, considered a contender and we have the same team with a better quarterback so we should we should get back there um and they rebounded from when kirk was struggling early in the season mm-hmm. and they they like they stefan Diggs was calling out kirk being like that hey. was not to me that was not kirk cousin's fault you 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 no, asked the man to throw he threw like show, 15 times a game what you want him to no, do but it shows that kirk knows how to take criticism and like be like okay i got you right and he completely didn't you like that yeah you, look, yeah. <laughs> you like I, that I, kirk cousins I, I would be happy to see him like have a deep playoff run to shut up the haters yeah now a hot topic in the nfl is also pat mahomes coming back um is he still an mvp candidate he threw for 446 yards coming off of his injury of a dislocated kneecap which makes that the second highest passing yards total of his entire career. This week, he surpassed Kurt Warner for the most total passing yard yards, 8,007, and most 300-yard passing games, 16 through 25 career games. Kurt Warner himself even uh, reached out to him on Twitter and said, hey, we might be watching the, the next best QB of all time. We might be. I, he, I, hit the, he hit that total on a terrible completion percentage. I mean, we go like 21 for 40 or something like that. Like, it was it was. It yeah, was but bad. yards for attempt are good if you throw for that many That's yards. true. That's Tony true. also compared him to uh, Michael Jordan. Did you hear him say that? Yeah, like, come on, Tony. <laughs> early <laughs> career Michael Jordan, early career Pat Mahomes, it works. Early, explain, explain Michael yourself. Jordan early in his career put up monster numbers and they had a couple decent playoff runs, and they didn't do anything. And then Michael Jordan became less flashy and a better, like, team player, and they won six titles. And a lot of that was a better coach, too. But I think Andy's the right coach. But Pat Mahomes is going to be the greatest quarterback ever if you say it's healthy. He's that good. Yeah, no, he's... Like, he's Even even on a bum knee... He is on the the first... He's played, like, 28 games in his career. If you look at his first 28 games versus any other quarterback's best 28-game stretch in their career, it's right. It's literally right there. Well, Matt, if it's, you look at the first seven and a half ga- when he got injured, the seven and a half games of even just this season, he's thrown for 2,626 passing yards, which is sixth in the NFL, 18 touchdowns, third in the NFL, and only one interception, which is tied for first. And I think that interception was like a weird call, if I remember correctly. He was like, there was a flag thrown or something. Pretty sure it hit off someone's hand. Yeah, someone it was like a very fluky play. Also, he'd be the defending Super Bowl champion if D. Ford knew how to line up on sides. Yeah, you will literally never let that go. I won't. <laughs> you will literally that's, never that's, let that it's go. It's literally the inches of the game. It's yeah. like the definition yeah. of that. But it's game of inches, man. He won't win the MVP because their record's going to be worse than it was last year. Mm-hmm. 
and he missed two games. And you can say whether that's fair or not. They they really choked away a game against Tennessee that they should have so, won. Special teams blew it. But I mean, you look at one day they should have put up way more points on Tennessee's defense, in my opinion, than they put up. And I think that knee is going to hinder. It doesn't look like that knee is 100% fully healthy. You can see him gimping still a little bit. And so much of Pat Mahomes' game relies on his creativity, his playmaking ability, much like an Aaron Rodgers, much like a Russell Wilson. Because when he gets outside of the pocket is when you truly see Pat Mahomes do things that legit only Pat Mahomes can do. Like, right, like the one like the, footed he throw. Even did, yeah. He even did one inside the pocket. That one-footed jump throw where he nuts. threw off the, like... They played that back, and I was like, I don't think people realize how insane that throw was. And he put it directly on the money to someone. It's like 64, 63-yard, like... Like, it's just stupid. It's stupid. He is a joy to watch, and he needs a better team around him defensively. He just needs a better defense. That's all he I needs. Know, it's so and frustrating I, and to watch. It's so frustrating. The, Tannehill came back against you, Brian Tannehill. Oh, can my God. Can the Chiefs pull out the AFC West, all in all, aside from Mahomes? Yes, yes, they can. The West is weak. But the Raiders are hot. I don't trust the Raiders. The Raiders are hot. The Raiders are going to mean 8-8. Eight eight They're going to win. They're going to win probably again this week. they got the Bengals coming to town, so that's a dub right there. So, I mean, if the, if the Chiefs don't When they play together, each other, the Chiefs will win. We'll, that's, we'll, that's see, what... we'll see. I'm I'm just afraid that momentum is everything in the NFL. Momentum is everything in sports, but momentum is everything in the NFL. And it's hard if you catch a team playing hot at the right time against a team like playing cold at the wrong time, and they meet. The Raiders could win a fluke game, and that would do that could demoralize a locker room and really start having people. <clears throat> start having people question themselves. And if, if the Raiders come in and stun the Chiefs whenever they play, I'm not sure when they play next, but if the Raiders come and stun the Chiefs and beat them, I mean, that, if the Raiders win the AFC West, people are going to be scratching their heads a lot about this season in the NFL. Yeah, it's a, been a funky season in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I can't, it's, I'm not allowing myself to imagine that because it's so wild to make. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like, no, After everything happen. the that Raiders have gone through in the past two years, if they really upend the Chiefs like that, one, you got to give my man John Gruden all the credit in the world. Two, you got to pull the hate off of Derek Carr. And Derek Carr's off, having low-key, low arguably the very, best season of his career. A really good season. If you break down his numbers, Derek Carr is having a very good season. And I think to that critic— And remember, they lost, like, the best receiver of this era yeah. right before the season started. And the best defensive player, maybe, of this era— in the same right the year, after, before. Or year before and Amari Cooper during that like, like year before too and, and so people there was a and lot of draft picks galore and then right after that signed a hundred million dollar contract over 10 years to a coach like they've done a lot of questionable things and they've just stayed even keeled they haven't allowed the outside noise to really affect them and I think to their point the Raiders kind of want to stay below that radar not many people realize that the Raiders are right on the cuff of the Chiefs and they want to keep it that way like a team that is moving to Vegas, a lot of their gambles have paid off. That's a great that stat man at his <laughs> finest right there. I just stat man at his finest. All right, guys, speak some facts to me. John Harbaugh to Lamar Jackson. You changed the game. Do you know how many kids are going to be wearing number eight and playing quarterback for the next 20 seasons? Is he speaking facts? I get what he's trying to say. He's not speaking facts. I don't know if Lamar Jackson changed the game. He entered the NFL in an era of a lot of mobile quarterbacks can do a lot of things. Um, he's once in a generation type talent. He's really only comparable really to Michael Vick and how elusive he is at the quarterback position. A lot of quarterbacks can run, 
Not a lot of quarterbacks can make people miss in space like a wide receiver or a running back can, like Lamar Jackson does. So in that sense, he's speaking facts. He didn't change the game, but he he brought it to another level for sure. I said a couple weeks ago that Lamar Jackson is going to be has a really good chance to be better than Vic because he's Vic with a work ethic. Because mm-hmm. Vic famously never watched film right. in Atlanta, and that's exactly what he's been. He is everything that Vic should have been in Atlanta. He is a great, the humbleness of him is mm-hmm. so, awesome. is awesome. And I, I, he's speaking facts about the second part about all the kids that are going to yeah, be yeah. bandwagon Ravens fans. Wearing number like, eight. Was, like, he could yeah. be absolutely be the curry of like the NFL because mm-hmm. he's so fun to watch. And I loved after, right after this quote, if you watch like, you know, the video of John Harbaugh saying this, the, the response Lamar Jackson had to him is everything I want in my quarterback. He said, yeah, coach, but I'm not worried about that right now. I'm worried about getting the Super Bowl. And it's funny because John Harbaugh saying this quote almost forgot he was in the middle of a game. Mm-hmm. He said that and John Harbaugh was like, oh, shit, yeah, good. I'm glad you said that because I have to go coach a football game. Like that speaks to the kind of character Lamar Jackson is. is he's not worried about the hype, the praise, not letting it get to him until he gets that ring on his face. And right back on track. Yeah. Yep. Chris Paul said on Kevin Hart's cold as balls, the Rockets GM didn't owe me anything. He could say one thing and then turn around, do a smooth another thing. Is he speaking facts? I like your little southern accent that you put on there. I had to. Halo, I had to do it for the people. Halo North Carolina boy. Um, he is speaking facts. Like I, I mean, that's the business. That's the, it's the business, and he knows that all too well. The business of the NBA. He signed that contract knowing that it would be like, oh, this might not look there's good for not, the Rockets, but yep, I want to get paid. But I'm gonna get paid, and I think he also signed that contract knowing that if it don't work out in the first two years, then latter two years they're gonna move me. Like he's not, he's not oblivious. He's not dumb. Um, I think it's funny he didn't say. Daryl Moore's name, a little shade right there. Mm-hmm. He said the Rockets GM over there. But look, and CP's my man till, till we die, till the wheels fall off. The Sixers fans out there, Philadelphia, let's be ready for CP to come to Philly. I hear the trade rumors, and we ready to pack the bags and come I home. I do Toby for Chris Paul. And let's go. Here we go. Panther safety Eric Reed about Colin Kaepernick's NFL workout this Saturday. I'm going to quote Malcolm X. If you stick a knife nine inches in my back and pull it out six, it's not progress. There's still a knife in my back. Is he speaking facts? I think he is speaking facts, but he's being a little dramatic about it. <laughs> right, like he's being a pussy. Uh, well, Sorry. <laughs> he is. <laughs> well, Eric Reed is not involved in the... The cavern. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's... Kind of. He, he's, but no, but he's not the one, like... He has a job, and... Mm. Like, but... Colin Kaepernick, is, he's a quarterback that absolutely could be a backup on literally any team in the in the on in the league, mm-hmm. and it's a joke that he's not on the team. Team have legitimately hurt their chances of making the playoffs and going on runs playoffs because they didn't want to sign him. It's ridiculous that he doesn't have a job, and I do want to say I'd rather have a knife that's. Three inches in my back, the nine. I I, get, <laughs> I hear you. You're nitpicking. I hear you, but. I'm going to say Eric Reed is speaking facts from the standpoint of even though the NFL is quote-unquote giving Cap the shot, they still did it completely on their terms. Yeah, you're right. They changed the date and didn't tell him. They uh, uh, refused to inform teams about his workout until they got it on their terms and then didn't even tell Kaepernick. Kaepernick had to find out in this roundabout way and then had to tweet out and say, hey, I'm sorry, I just found out that my workout is Saturday and not Tuesday, but I'm still ready to go. So even though the NFL is doing it, they're doing it their way. And it, to me, it still seems kind of slimy. 
and let's not be surprised that after this, if Kaepernick still isn't on a football team, kind of just like, oh, oh fine, yeah, for sure. you want to work out here? Shut up, here's a workout. Yeah, but are you surprised that that's how the NFL is, is doing it? No, but it's still not makes you mad. You call out bullshit when right. they're being like in. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not surprised, but right, I'm gonna call bullshit every time I see bullshit. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, upon his departure from the MLS, said, "If I don't stay, no one will remember what the MLS is." Is he speaking? It's the most Zlatan thing I've ever heard yeah. in my life. Again, like John Harbaugh here, what he's saying is not speaking facts. The MLS has actually been on the rise for a couple of years, and I'm being like way too technical about what he's saying because what he's saying is the MLS will never be the same. If the Zlatan knows, like, well, I think that it's completely ridiculous because the MLS has long been the retirement home for great European players, mm. starting with Beckham in yep. the late aughts, and David, Frank Lampard went, Steven Gerrard went, David Villa. Uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger. Yeah, Bastian did it. Like, but, but this is going to be when when I don't think Messi or Ronaldo would do it. But like, say, I think there's a chance Messi does it. Say someone like Sadio Mane, like late in his career, goes over. I think there's a chance Neymar does it too. Neymar, too. absolutely, yeah. Um, but what I think happened is Zlatan is he got too old for Europe, so came the MLS and freaking dominated. And I think he thinks that his career is revived again. I think he's going to try to go back. Yeah, he so wants he, to go to AC Milan. Yeah, he wants to go to a power five, uh, power five league in Europe, and and you know try to revive his career. Look, is what I tell you. Zlatan has even said it himself. The MLS is not European soccer. Just because you scored 30-plus goals in the MLS does not mean you're going to do it in European soccer. So, Zlatan, you might, have, you might just want to stay where the grass is green right now and not try to chase somewhere else. But no one's going to tell Zlatan anything. So go ahead. Go ahead back to Europe. All right, guys, let's head up to the countdown. Number five. Number five is the number of interceptions for Mika Fitzpatrick since he has joined the Steelers. Um, I think that's gonna that's gotta be the They've best. They've got a season. really easy schedule. That's why they could make the they playoffs. Can make the playoffs. Steelers like, are hot I too. I was so wrong about that. The Steelers about are hot that too. Trade. The Steelers are hot too. We were all wrong about the Steelers. They got Cleveland, Cincinnati, then Cleveland next three weeks. Yeah. That could be eight and four. That's got to be the best midseason acquisition this year in the NFL by far. Mm -hmm. That's nuts that they're they're that right now because we thought after they're right now they're I thought they were done. I thought they're out of the water. Shout out to Mike Tomlin. Yeah. People were ready to kick Mike Tomlin out of there. Steelers fans are, never had a losing record. Yeah, Steelers fans are low key one of the most fair weather fans in the league because when it's all bad, it's all Mike Tomlin's fault. And then when he writes the ship, now Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the NFL. I hate that. Number four. The number of total touchdowns Lamar Jackson had Sunday against the Bengals. Is he your MVP? No, Russell wasn't still my MVP. He's I the fun pick, but I, love, I wouldn't pick him I love him yet. Lamar. He might win MVP because me and you were talking about this off-camera, too, is MVP in sports has become breakout season. Yeah. Not not really who is most valuable um, because I think Russell Wilson is still more valuable to the Seahawks than Lamar Jackson is to the Ravens, especially how with how that defense is coming along. But it, it's been breakouts. So I wouldn't be surprised. But to me, Russell Wilson is still... I'll still remind MVP. you, the Bengals haven't won a game yet. Yeah, right. Like, uh, easy to hang up a 40 be played oh, forever that was nuts it, it reminded but. me of braxton miller's spin move against who who was that virginia, virginia tech. tech yeah that was crazy number three the number of players in nba history with multiple 40 point and 10 assist games before turning 22 the two goats mj and lebron and now ice trey trey young for the hawks i mean you want to talk about a breakout season like trey young is firing on all cylinders for the hawks i can't say that i predicted this from him hawks are the most fun bad team in the nba are they bad? Are they still a bad team? They'll go 35 and 47. They're not embarrassing, but they're not good. Right. Number two. The number of offensive categories, the Phoenix Suns rank number one in, which is assistant offensive field goal percentage. They also rank number four in three-point percentage and number five in scoring. Monty Williams, 
early season coach of the year. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, the Suns are the best bad team in the they league. They might not be bad. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, what what do they sit right now? Like fifth or sixth in the Eastern Conference standings West, or something like yeah. that? I mean, Western Conference standings like that with signature wins, man. The Sixers, Clippers, and Warriors. I mean, and trounced. And pushed the Lakers. Yeah, and trounced the Warriors. Like, so, I mean, the Suns might not be bad. D-Book is definitely headed for an all-star season this year. I love to see it. Bring it down to number one. The number of rookies in NBA history to hit seven three-pointers in a quarter, and that's Kobe White last night against the Knicks, the only rookie in NBA history to do this. I mean, he hit seven three-pointers in total. I think he hit five in the fourth quarter alone. He was snapping. He actually, his his college coach, Roy, Roy Williams from UNC, was at the game, and he went to him after the game, and he said, can you come to every game, please, because I've never sat like this in my life. Um, the Bulls are a bad team, but they have exciting players. Kobe White, Larry Markkinen, Zach, Zach Levine, Levine, who's been very good. So, um, I mean, Kobe White's cool just like a fun guy to root for. Yeah, he, he does, never going to say the wrong thing. Always been, always been fun. He's in the root for it. But we're almost out of time, but we could get some shots up at the buzzer. Julie, have anything to say at the buzzer? I do. Pre-show, uh, I was chatting with the boys about Hollywood's hottest this girls. This was interesting. This was a very uh, interesting conversation. I'm going to put you both on the spot. Who do you, if you had to pick one girl in Hollywood, right who would it be and why? Go first, Matt, because I, I don't know if I have one. That's tough. Oh, it's, it's tough. Okay, I'm going to give you two. I'll give you two. No, 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 no. no. Oh, I, I want need, one. I two need, is like, tougher. <laughs> two is okay, tougher. I just one. need, um, like, okay. I still, I, I, I like the attainable hot. I like Anna Kendrick. Okay. I'm not faulting you for that because... I think if we're going to go into fantasy land, I'm going to pick Rihanna just because, one, the, the success that like she her. has, um, the boss, like just the boss bitch that she is. You can't tell Rihanna anything combined with just the oh-so-sexiness of Rihanna. Like, I just, if I could have one, if I could have, all right, I'll put you on the spot. One, okay, one night stand, you pick Rihanna over Anna Kendrick, but like, as a as like a girlfriend, like I see, I'm still yeah. picking Rihanna. That's fair. I'm, that's, I'm still, I, that's fair. Rihanna. That's fair. I don't ever have to lift a finger. She, she go bring you're not wrong. I'm not saying <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't think you're wrong thinking. either. I'm putting you on the spot. You got one. Margot Robbie, hands down. Uh, no, my spirit okay. I, I was gonna go guy. <laughs> no, like, no, we were talking about hot girls. It's Margot Robbie, hands okay. down. All right, all right. <laughs> Matt. It's gonna be a weird transition. Yeah, Matt, do you have anything right. to say at the buzzer? <laughs> uh, so in Bolivia, they're having a coup. <laughs> <laughs> This is legitimately serious, which is really funny. Go ahead. Um, in Bolivia, this guy Evo Morales is a president, cut poverty, cut extreme poverty by incredible numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a coup against him, and it unfortunately was successful. And the really racist uh, woman is now declaring herself president, and he has to take asylum in Mexico. And it's just sad, and we should have solidarity with Bolivia. Solidarity with Bolivia, I hear that. Dude. Also, shout out my boy Lula got freed from Brazil in prison, so not all is, all is bad in Latin America. Hey, shout out Lula out there. I know you talk a lot about Lula off camera. I can't really say much that I know really much about Lula. He was a Brazilian president wrongly imprisoned. Nope, there we go. I like that. Uh, mine has to, my at the buzzer actually has to do with sports. It really ha does have to do with sports, but I'm going to keep it on brand. Um, there's a lot of rumors swirling around the Philadelphia Phillies in the offseason about who they could probably come. They're probably the most talked about team of the early offseason of the MLB. I mean, you got names like Garrett Cole swelling around, Francisco Lindor, Josh Donaldson. Um, here's what I'm going to say to to either Matt Klintak or just about the Philadelphia Phillies in general. One, Philadelphia Phillies fans, we love to do this. 
It's the only time I really buy into the Philly sports mentality is we love to read headlines. Like when we think something's going to happen and we want something want something to happen to us, it's going to happen. So I've seen a perfect lineup already put out that has Donaldson, Lindor, and Garrett Cole in there to start the to, to start the, the 2020 season for the Philadelphia Phillies have reasonable expectations i get there's no salary cap in baseball you can throw money wherever you want but don't don't really say this to yourself believe it's going to happen and then when it doesn't be mad at the world like that's what we do we set all these unrealistic expectations and when it doesn't happen we blame somebody We're else for spoiled it not from when we got cliff lee in 09 then we got halliday in 2010 then we got cliff lee again in 2011 and we like, got roy oswald during that time it's period funny too. because and we, Hunter Pence. we forget the other part of getting a free agent they have to want to sign with us too like yeah. you, you know what i mean like you can't just say oh here's the money well he didn't come as why didn't he come well he has to want to come here like mm-hmm. it's not just who it's it's not a, a bit it's not we you go to the highest we go to the highest bidder. I mean, it's great when it's great. Ask Sean Rodriguez. <laughs> when it's not great, it's not great. So reasonable expectations, Philly fans. I want us to get everybody in there. The only person I'll get mad if we don't get is Garrett Cole. I want everybody else will be, you know, a perk and, and cherry on the top. But that's all the episode we, or it's all the time we have for this episode today. It was a great one. Big ups to Greg Barron, Kyle Sobieski, and Stat Matt, I guess not behind the camera, but standing next to me, crunching numbers for my partner, Joel Schmitz. It's been real, it's been fun, it's been real fun. To my main man, Stat Matt, and my guy, Jake Galley. We miss you, man. Have fun at the concert. I'm James Jackson, and these have been the facts. Straight up.